Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this week's Clash Potters In Control episode in the red corner. We're going back to the heady 90s and the Farrelly Brothers' second movie. But has this film dated too much that we can no longer enjoy the gross-out escapades of Roy and Ishmael? Have the subsequent decades indeed munsoned it? From 1996, we're talking Kingpin. Roy Munson had it all. You're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. He was the golden boy of the bowling world. Watch the door. Want to make more money? Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? Double or nothing, I can pick up that spare. Take that bet. How do you do that? But one night... Sometimes a bowler just has to face the music. He lost his innocence. And that bowler is you, Roy. While in the blue corner, a genuine cult classic to be revered as it is by so many, or an overrated slice of stoner nonsense that doesn't deserve the plaudits so frequently bestowed upon it. We'll answer that and more as we take a little look at 1998's The Big Lebowski. Wait, wait, let me me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. You know, uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Ah! Employed? You like sex, Mr. Lebowski. Is this your only ID? You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. So what connects these two movies and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Happy New Year, both of you. Are we still saying that? No, don't say that. All right, fine. This is like the fifth show of the new of January (laughs) you're listening to. All right. Not happy New Year to either of you then. I hope you suffer greatly. Um, (laughs) So our month of listener suggestions. Sorry I was off last week, by the way. I'll just do that quick apology now. No problem. How was it? All right. you, you haven't listened to it. I know I haven't listened Social to it. Social Network's out. I, I know, but I'm still saying, how was it? You can tell me how good it was without me needing to listen to it. Sure. Good? Yeah. Great. Fine. Great. Two, two thirds of a good show. Well, we're all caught up. Uh, so our month of listener suggestions, a.k.a. Clash Potters in Control, continues. Answer me this one thing. Mm-hmm. I know it, what you're going to say. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. 
Was it called Clash but is in control no, last week? It no, it wasn't because that's not his name. No, no, it's moved on to Fanuary, <laughs> which I didn't like at first, and then I know I do like. It's not good. And it is it's good. Not, it's not staying. Clash Potter's in control. So if you have a suggestion for a pairing, you can still email us. Am I right, Chris? Yeah. You can still email us uh, at uh, show at clashpod.com and gives a reason for you, why you want a particular pairing on the show. So who did today's pairing come from, Chris? Not one, not two, but three people suggested what? this pairing. Uh, Christopher McCowan, uh, Mark Fadden and Kieran Murray. And Kieran was nice enough to send us a reason as well. Excellent. He said, the obvious link is bowling. He's helped us out with the links. Great. I'll add both films are directed by brothers. Correct. Oh, yeah. And both feature memorable and iconic characters that have stuck with me. Combined, I've watched these movies around 15 times and could re-watch with pleasure. Oof. That's nice. That's mm. good. Lovely. Good. Lovely reasoning. Lovely reasoning. So I was away last week, but I believe, because these were my clues to give, but you gave a clue in my absence, Victoria. What was it? It was... Um, <laughs> it was... Oh, good. Oh, God, here we go. Yep. Bowling, mushy, bowling. <laughs> bowling, mushy, bowl him. So what? <laughs> that's, I don't, that's what you said. It, that is what I said, because that's what it is. I think you said bowling, dude, bowling. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> well, it might sound like that. Right. That one I get. <laughs> Chris's I get. What was yours again? So, say, bowl really... him, mushy, bowl him. But said in a particular with a particular cadence. Right. Which I, I put it out to the listeners. Right. As well, if they understood the reference you were making beyond the films. Right. Nothing. Nothing came back. Well, that's fine. What is the reference? <laughs> I mean, right. So I don't watch cricket because it is boring. Right. right? But Mark watches cricket. Mm. And then for years and years in our house, you know, when he would say, muttered to himself bowling mushy when something went well bowling mushy and then one day I said what does that mean and he said oh there's a bowler called Mushtak and that's why I say that and so because you rang in sick with about 30 seconds to go the mm. other week and then Chris was like come up with a clue mm. that's the only thing I could think of <laughs> but now I can see it's rubbish because what I'm it, the clue what it, everyone got it everyone what has it, it got to do with bowling well because you say bowl him and that's it but it's about cricket. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's throwing you off the scent. <laughs> Look, everyone got it, so yes. it worked. I mean, yeah. it did. It did. I've but... got a better one. I've got a better one. Excellent. S- stay in your lane, man. That's a better one. Yeah, that turkeys, pins, mm. gutters, mm. strikes. There, yeah. were lots, there were lots of yeah. ways There's you could have gone. Yeah. A lot of ways. But that was nice. Yeah, but you know, like in a normal job, if you ring in sick less than 24 hours, oh you get my fired. God. <laughs> how, how are you? How are you? Because you did a bad clue. I didn't even think it was that bad. I just wanted oh, to understand you. it. Okay, thank so you. stop having a go. I was really, really tired. <laughs> did you do that thing where you were hanging upside down off the bed? That's what I used to do when I rang in sick. To make yourself sound. Yeah, well, yeah it's like it did work. I mean, I don't know if I was ever believed, but I got away with it. That's great. Yeah. Good tip. Thank you. So, Chris, you followed that clue up on Twitter with? Something about strikes. Excellent. Going on strike, strike it. Like, I don't know. Something about fine, strikes. Fine, fine. Half-arsing it already. Did, it didn't matter. Yeah. Everyone had got it before I put the clue up. Lovely. So we're on Twitter at ClashPod, also Instagram at ClashPod, and the guesses came rolling down the aisles, and while some ended up in the gutter, we did have some strikes. Robert Farley, Callum, Tim Wilkins, Reese Page, Peter White, and Ed Holt all got the right answer. Also, Ed Holt started snooping around his Twitter page takes amazing pictures of space really garden yeah oh my god that's amazing mm, i know i love stuff like that yeah it's great on i like i don't i was looking through all his photos and i was like i don't even is understand is it all right to say this <laughs> i don't know but this Twitter's is public it's a public right, forum yeah. sorry cuz i just don't know the rules he, he a, wants people to look at his photos oh okay he was a new follower and uh-huh. i thought oh he's just joined the clash potters party <laughs> let's make sure so. he's not too weird <laughs> is he going to chuck abuse at us for the next six months <laughs> oh i see no fair enough no, you should one do of, that is yeah. he one of those <laughs> <laughs> also let's single him out he's new um, no i'm i'm championing his photo i didn't know how amazing the photos you could take of space were from your back garden with a high power camera and all the right equipment. Does he live, without giving anything away, does he live in a crowded urban centre? He says on his Twitter profile, right. so I can repeat this, uh, he lives in Sussex I believe. Great, okay. <laughs> it Great. has got weird. I don't know why because it's all out there and yet me repeating Ed, it has made it weird. do you fancy going for a pint sometimes? Yeah, show us your telescope. What? Come on. <laughs> now it's weird. He's married. <laughs> I, I know that too. Come it's on. Let's move on. All right. Anyway, Ed didn't win, but welcome to the party, Ed. Uh, the winner is Camillo, who was the first correct guest. Congratulations, Camillo. Your prize is a night out bowling with the three of us. We'll be heading to Finsbury Park's Ball Smacker Lanes, after which we'll go bowling. <laughs> Very good. I've been there. <laughs> uh, right then, the connection section. Uh, 
He did a lot of them, didn't he? Kieran said bowling and directed by brothers. Although one of them isn't credited that way. The, the Coen brothers yeah. aren't credited as directing together, even though they do. Yep, that's correct. They had to get a special letter from the DGA, didn't they, that allowed yeah. them... Well, they edit as well. They edit their own films with a made-up name. Yeah, mm. they got nominated for an Oscar and had to confess. Really? Mm. Okay. Ronald James, is it? Ronald? Something Ron, like something. yeah. So aside from the bowling, I think there is a similar theme in both films, which is misfits from the fringes of society who need each other more than they care to admit and bond over bowling. Yeah, like being friends with someone who's your total opposite. Yeah. Late rent. Good. Um, late rent and having to do things that you probably wouldn't really want to do to make up for the late rent. Having sex with your landlady uh, and going to see interpretive dance. I, th- I think the dude doesn't mind that. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I think that's me. Now, yeah, I would you, mind. We wouldn't want to go I do wouldn't that. want to go. No. <laughs> um, foundations, mentoring kids as part of a foundation. Mm, so the, <laughs> the Little Lebowski Achievers and mm. the Unified Fund. A ridiculously dressed bowling nemesises, uh, Big Urn and Jesus. Mm. I think Urn dresses quite well. I thought you might. <laughs> I actually could see you in that. I imagine that if you'd ever taken bowling, are you wearing a bowling shirt? I you are, the Bowski bowling shirt. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I imagine that you would have a rose encrusted inside a bowling ball. Yeah, I used to have man ball. Did you, do you actually bowl? Yeah. Really? Yeah, not for a while, but I used to bowl. Oh my God, you should come round. I've got wee bowling. Let's do it. Yeah, it's great. It's very realistic. Very realistic. <laughs> uh, okay, costume designer Mary Zofras uh, worked on both Kingpin and The Big Lebowski. Oh, that's a good spot. Mm. Yeah, well done. I don't have anything else. Yeah, let's move on. Come on. Bowlers Who Smoke Weed, and uh, I'm going to give it a mention. Fucking killer soundtracks to yeah, both true. movies. Mm-hmm. Kingpin wins it for me, though. Disco Inferno, I Want Candy, and the ska punk band Goldfinger. Uh, on the Kingpin soundtrack, oh, who I once saw at the Brixton Academy, who did one of the greatest live performances of a song ever. They covered Nina's 99 Red Balloons <laughs> in a ska punk fashion, and it blew my tiny mind. I should have known you'd like this sound. <laughs> because the, 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 the Farry brothers really go in for that middle-of-the-road punk pop yep. nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all very upbeat, all very happy. Happy songs, happy songs. Very Smash Mouth, which <laughs> yeah. is your yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey now, no star, good <laughs> So on Thursday, Victoria goes big on Lebowski, which means today Chris is the Clash Pod kingpin. Chris, take us on a journey. In a nod to the hustler, a con artist gets his hand mangled by some angry marks. In a nod to the graduate, he has sex with an older woman. In a nod to witness, he stays with the Amish and raises a barn. In a nod to the last detail, he goes cross-country with Randy Craig. In a nod to the colour of money, he teaches his travelling buddy how to cop. In a not to dumb and dumber, there's a fight with a guy in a bar, though this time he's called Skidmark rather than Seabass. In a nod to indecent proposal, Woody Halson sells his partner's privates for a million dollars. In a nod to nothing, our hero actually loses the big climactic game, and Kingpin stops being a spoof just as the credits roll. Rocky, isn't it? Isn't that Rocky? Like losing the final big match? Isn't that I guess so. a nod to? I, I thought so. that. But yeah. I didn't think they were referencing Rocky. No, I didn't. <laughs> in this film, it just um, it was rem- reminded me because most, but I sort of expected him to win. But anyway, when did you first see Kingpin, Alex? I've only ever seen half of this movie uh, for some reason. It's not something that I do regularly. I've only ever seen the not even half like the start or the end I've seen the middle section I don't know why but this was <laughs> so you've only seen the bits without Bill Murray you've kind of screwed yourself out of some laughs there which is why it was such a treat this <laughs> week it yeah. was a nice well surprise uh, yeah so I'm going to call this uh, a first watch I will hmm. say this applies to it's it's parity though because this applies to both movies this week I've never seen either of these movies in entirety but I have seen bits of both of them Okay, Vicky I don't remember. I've seen it once. I think I was a student. I just don't really remember. That's it. Nothing illuminating there. Yep. I will say I thought I'd seen it because on the way to school, on the school bus in Leeds, uh, the number four bus went through Winmore in Leeds. And in 1996, there was a huge billboard of this movie poster um, advertising Kingpin. And what would happen was there was a lot of noise on the bus and then a lot of silence. A lot of kids going, it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. <laughs> because anyone who's seen the poster for this yeah. movie, it was Vanessa Angel in that red satin outfit, mm. which if you're a teenage boy on a school bus, means go quiet and look at the billboard. <laughs> I was more excited about seeing Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> that says everything about you in one <laughs> sentence. I went to see the cinema because I was very excited because uh, at the time, I believed Dumb and Dumber to be the greatest film ever. <laughs> and so the fact that they were doing a follow-up starring Bill Murray... 
I was into it. So I went to the cinema, thought it was funny. And then it was kind of on heavy rotation when I was at uni as well, especially the Bill Murray scenes. We watched them a lot when I was a student. So, yes, I've seen this many, many times. But equally, it's a film I then stopped watching and so haven't seen for 20 years. Did you have a bit of a crush on Vanessa Angel? Obviously. Okay, fine. (laughs) I had a crush on her. I didn't realise, but I had a crush on her from Spies Like Us in 1985. She plays the Russian soldier who Dan Aykroyd gets together with at the end of that movie. Oh. Hmm. Yes. Lovely stuff. Lovely. Right. uh, Let's talk about a bit of background, but there's not a huge amount for this one. Um, The Farrelly brothers, coming off the back of Dumb and Dumber, read a script and it was written by the writers and producers of The Golden Girls. Uh, Mort Nathan and Barry Fanaro. They loved it and they rewrote it. So Bobby Farrelly said, um, we did an extensive rewrite. We thought that if <laughs> They it's... loved it so much, they <laughs> wrote all over it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you sort of look at the credits that these two writers have afterwards and you go, I mean, either this was just like everything came together, it was lightning in a bottle, or the Farrellys did quite <laughs> a big rewrite on it. They've done between them a Boat Trip, Van Wilder 2, The Rise of Taj, Men in Black 2, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, lovely. Mm. But they wrote a bunch of Golden Girls episodes. They did. I fell down a Golden Girls hole this week. <laughs> oh. 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 That's disrespectful. Oh. <laughs> Stop making that noise. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Back to Kingpin. Uh, so Bobby Farrelly said, we thought that it was just joke after joke with no heart at all. It would be tiresome. So we did purposely try to put in a bit more heart than say we did in Dumb and Dumber. I mean, those guys were almost too dumb to have the kind of heart that Roy Munson had with his dad. And I think it was important in telling the story. And uh, his brother says... Um, This one's much more sophisticated. There were opportunities to throw in a few fart and shit type gags, but we thought that was Dumb and Dumber. This is more of a puke movie. We feel that we're growing. (laughs) (laughs) They are very funny about their own work like that, though, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, I couldn't get hold of the commentary of this because apparently they literally go through each joke saying which ones worked and which ones didn't sort of 10 years later because it's about 50-50, I would say. I disagree. I disagree. I think it's at least 70-30, if not 80-20, but we'll go through them. I've written down every joke that I think works (laughs) in my notes. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I'll read them out as I always do when we do a comedy <laughs> on this show. I read That's out the what joke. I was really worried about today is <laughs> Kingpin, because Big Lebowski is other stuff, but here you could just go one liner, one liner. Is that what you're do- going to do? We will be doing that, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so, uh, Fast Company magazine did an interview with the guys a few years ago, uh, looking back at the film on its 20th anniversary. And so um, I've got some bits and pieces from that. Michael Keaton, um, they wanted for the Woody Halson role. Mm hmm. When he dropped out, they went for Woody. Chris Farley uh, wanted to play the Amish guy, Ishmael. Mm. Um, that's who they wanted, but he was locked into doing Black Sheep. Seen it? Yeah. Not good. Not good. Not Should have done this. Should have done this. Although I don't think he would have been as good as Randy Quaid as Ishmael. Interesting. I'm not massively a fan of Randy Quaid as Ishmael. I don't mind him, but hmm. I do think there was more that could have been done with that character. Do you know who could have played Ishmael really well? Is Woody Halson. Because he basically played him on Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. same, same bloke, basically. Wait, so let's work this through. So if Woody Harrelson's Ishmael, Michael Keaton as Roy, that works. Fine. Yeah, Michael Keaton works in anything. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Peter said we had a lot of people pass on the big urn role, but they wanted Bill Murray and Randy Quaid had just made Quick Change with Bill Murray, a film that we should do, actually. A very funny film. Um, and so Randy Quaid phoned him, um, told him where to show up, and he said yes. But the Farrellys were understandably worried that Bill Murray would not show up. So seven o'clock on the day he was supposed to arrive, they were shooting that night. Um, They didn't know if he'd come or not. They didn't know if they had a movie or not. And he came walking in. Uh, Bobby Farrelly says, Ernie was a great idea on paper, but he didn't really have the lines until Bill showed up. Bill had nothing to work with. It was kind of a thankless role as written and he turned it into a beautiful character. Um, Bobby says we gave Bill the sides in the morning the dialogue of what we're supposed to read that day and he'd take a look at it like why are you giving me this and he'd just crumple it up (laughs) and throw it in the trash he'd go let me run with it and it was better than what we wrote of course it was yeah and you can tell Mm. Mm. and they actually go into details about the ones that he did come up with so we'll talk about them when we talk about the movie which is now unless anyone's got anything else (laughs) no not really did all right at the box office but not a patch on Dumb and Dumber no it was what thirty-two million uh, at the box office on a twenty-five million dollar budget. Yep, and there are reasons for that, which I will get to. Lovely. So the movie we start off 
with kind of a flashback. Uh, Roy Munson, when he's a kid, an accident-prone kid. <laughs> First laugh, when that kid trips through that fence, <laughs> I'm already sold. Which gets a call back later in the film as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, but he's living this kind of idyllic life with his dad. They kind of set up that they're going to play catch in the back yard but it's tempin bowling they're going to be doing and he's learning these life lessons through bowling he's becoming this decent moral good man through the lessons his dad's teaching him and that's how Roy is set up yeah he's great I like the guy who plays his dad I couldn't find him um, but he's very good big guy mm. uh, then we cut to 1979 uh, to a section I'm calling Munson Erner how good Munson Burner Munson Erner it doesn't really work <laughs> is it a science film what no, no. Oh, I see now, yeah. Munson Erner. No, I get it. Don't do it again. It's um, it's what an opening though. You see, I I think like as far as Farrelly Brothers sort of as directors go, Green Book. Let's put that to one side at the moment. Look at the comedies. Mm. Like, I think this is qu- it's like fucking boogie night. It is exactly it's like, like boogie nights, it's yeah, like it's like Pete Anderson vis a vis like Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese. You're sure. like wow, it is really good. What an opening! Yeah. I don't remember you being like directors like yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. He's a disco bowler, uh, dancing disco inferno. He's worshiping his right hand. Um, but yeah, uh, our man Roy is joining the professional bowling tour because the name Munson is going to mean winner. Um, and he's at the Oda Eaters Invitational uh, and he's facing off against Ernie McCracken, played by Bill Murray, who is doing his own commentary on the game, uh, trying to put his opponent off. And it's it's a Bill Murray performance, isn't it? It's very much... It's Bill Murray doing what he did incredibly mm. well, which is say the most repugnant things, mm-hmm. but be unbelievably charming at the same time. It's weird. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I mean, well, I don't want to go ahead because I'm going to do a bit about this in the bits, but genuinely, I'll say this now. I don't think you could have anyone else play that role. At this point in time, I can't think anyone else who could get away with what that character is and still imbue them yeah. with a level of depth that you're actually interested in. They're not just a, a shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. They're mm. not just a sort of comedy villain. They're a rounded character with mm. depth. Like you can imagine a backstory to him. Mm. He's fantastic in this. So um, Munson wins the game, but his car breaks down because someone put sugar in the tank. Uh, and Big Earn, <laughs> Big Earn just happens to be there. Um, <laughs> what, did I wake you, Fatima? <laughs> I mean, again... Not a funny joke. His delivery makes a not funny, questionable joke funny. Yeah. Well, you did question at the start, is is it outdated? Mm. Is it outdated, do you think? I mean, the thing with that joke in particular, and I think a lot of what Big Earn says... Mm. That's what that character would say. Is what that character would say. And so for that reason, then no, it's not really dated. I think some of the humour outside of Big Earn mm. is dated and mm. we'll come to that when we get to it mm. but I think as far as him saying jokes that you sort of go ooh that's questionable you go well but that's his character Big Earn would say that regardless of what time it is yeah no? yeah no I, I do agree I'm just thinking it through that's all it's just because it's an old film and he has Bill Murray as a person. Like so in that scene in the diner when and it is very funny where he says to the group of ladies, mm. you, and yeah, someone yeah. looks and he's like, yeah, yeah. Not, not you. Not you. <laughs> not you. Yeah. I was laughing my head off. If you made that film today and you had a male actor say that, would you like, oh what? like that's not it's not very good. But, I would piss myself. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it's it? Funny. But, but it's it's because you know how much I love Bill Murray. I'm just like, ha ha ha, brilliant. Mm. You make someone else do it, I'd be like, what a douche. So. And that's it. But I don't think it's to do with I don't think it's to do with the time. I think if you did do that joke now and Bill Murray did it now in a movie set in 2022, it would still be funny. And the diner scene, uh, this is Bobby Farrelly, when he looks over at those girls, those were just extras sitting behind him. (laughs) Um, He looks over at the end of the scene and we would learned by then, don't cut, just let him roll because you never know what he's going to do. It's Uh, because he's not, is it because he's not good looking? He isn't, he's, he's an interesting looking character face, but he's not like super handsome. So because if you're super handsome and you have that privilege of being handsome and you mm. take the piss out of a woman like that, that's too that's too negative yeah. kind of thing. Like you'd recoil. Yeah. But because he is an interesting face, yeah. it kind of levels the playing it's field why we a don't bit. Like, it's why we don't like handsome comedians. Yes. And it's also a little bit like he does it knowing. It's almost like it's so clever. He does it knowing he's a character in a movie. Like you almost, he's doing it for the audience. So you go, oh my God, Bill, you didn't do that. Yeah. Like it's, it sort of transcends the film in a weird way. Okay. I think it's great. I will say though, in that diner scene, Woody Harrelson by, I think he must've gone, look, this is Bill Murray. Doing his thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, There's no way of competing with him 
it on his level. So I'm just going to talk with my mouth full and eat yellow gloop for this entire scene and somehow almost steals it from Bill Murray. Checking the script under the table to make sure he fucks off soon. <laughs> well, he's about to be sent outside to eat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As is a waitress sent away to wash off her perfume. <laughs> yeah, also a waitress told, he goes, Tanqueray and Tab, keep them coming. I've got a long drive ahead. <laughs> I hadn't even noticed that. Yeah, it's great. Funny. I've got that one. Oh, do you remember Tab Clear? God, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, do remember Tab Clear? Lasted about... Two years yeah. in the UK. I don't know why, because I was really pushing it hard. Fuck, I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely great. Yep. Clear cola. Mm. So uh, it's, That's what it was. Mm. That's, <laughs> that is, what that it is was. literally that what, is it was. Literally what it was. Thank you for that. Clear cola. <laughs> and they still make they it. They didn't call it clear cola. <laughs> we need a sponsor. And that's, that's the trivia section ended for today. Um, so Roy needs a supplemental income. So um, Ernie convinces him to do a con. They pretend to be dictionary salesmen uh, who are drunk. Uh, but it doesn't go well. A fake priest realised he's being conned um, and they get uh, they turn the corner, they're there. Ernie pretends to get out with Roy to face the music and then he drives away. Um, they see Roy's state champion ring and they break his hand in a bowling machine like when Fast Eddie gets his thumbs broken in Hustler. They don't break his hand. They basically chop his hand up, hence the cut to the wood chipper, which right. is weird seeing as we're doing it with the Big Lebowski. And in 1996, Fargo used a wood chipper to chop up Steve Buscemi. Indeed. Right. So, yeah, it does have a great line before he gets his hand chopped off when he's bowling and he goes, <laughs> the name's not Boy, it's Roy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking so simple it's so good that's very funny apparently Woody Harrelson was so bad at bowling that they had to hire in people just to show him how to stand with the ball because <laughs> he was really bad Bill Murray can bowl but Woody Harrelson no bowl so we cut to 1996 and a section I'm calling Amish Impossible Amish Impossible Amish nice. Impossible perfect just before we do Amish Impossible <laughs> Don't you think that hand in the bowling machine scene is pretty fucking extreme for a comedy? I think there's a few things because this is a twelve, and mm. so the bull joke and that's not for twelve year olds. I don't think. Yes, and it is. I don't know. <laughs> You've never been a twelve year old boy. That is hilarious. It's also for a forty two year old man. <laughs> a, a man wanks off a bull. <laughs> he drinks your semen. If you're twelve years old, that is brilliant. Really? I don't understand why. You... I just thought maybe fifteen. That's no, all. No, it's not. I just get the chills every time I think Trust about Trust me, at 12, you get that gag, and it's brilliant. Great. Um, yeah, but the Woody Harrelson's face, when it's, his hand is going to that machine. Yeah, do some acting. I mean, Nettie said to me, she was like, I watched this, she, she would have been 10, I think, when she saw it at the cinema, and she said it scared the shit out of her, that scene. <laughs> what did you think of the bull scene? Too, too young. young. <laughs> she loved it. She too said, young. She said 10 years old, 8 years old. I wish I'd seen it earlier. <laughs> Uh, so we're in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, Roy's lost his hair. He's got a beer belly and he has a hook for a hand or a rubber hand. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity. I don't find many of the rubber hand jokes. Incorrect. Um, when you could you could be doing a bit of an Inspector Gadget thing here. That's I think there could point. be fun yeah. things going on the end there rather than this same joke over and over again. Good point. Isn't that uh, the joke from Inner Space where Mr. Igor puts the vibrator? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Get, get his, his vibrator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think there is one thing that the Farrelly's do too much in this, which I'll point out as we go through, but there are moments where they just push a joke a bit too far, and you know I'm a fan of that. Mm -hmm. But even for me, it's like, oh, like the bit where he's adjusting the rearview mirror and then he pulls it off in his hook, and then he tries to close the door and he pulls off the door handle, and the joke keeps building. But then the ripping of the suit jacket when he puts it on, mm. just like you've killed the joke then. Yeah. So he's a travelling bowling salesman of some kind, um, selling condoms. Um, How do we get things. him into a bowling alley now that he's stopped <laughs> yeah, bowling? He sells condoms. <laughs> it's a specific job. <laughs> but he hears some magic on the bowling alley, and that is Amish man Ishmael, played by Randy Quaid, who's averaging 270, apparently. And he wants to manage him, but Ish is not interested. But Roy is desperate because he owes rent to landlady Mrs. Dumas. Um, he saves Mrs. Dumas from a thief. Mm. We have... A screenwriting Save the Cat moment that yeah. a character does. Yes. He's using the Save the Cat in his own life. Uh, but he Why gets... are you smiling like that? <laughs> but it's not a cat. No, it's a Save the Cat moment yep. where he's saving a woman. Yeah. But he's faking it like you would in a script. Okay. 
He's and, written the save the cat moment himself. Right, right, right. Sorry, to I make see himself look yeah, like yeah, a yeah. good All guy. Right, just took me a moment. God, I was <laughs> off last week. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lynn uh, Shay is so get up for this. She's so game. Apparently, she turned up to the audition like in the costume that she ends up wearing in the film. It's her costume that she came to the audition <laughs> in, and she was damn up for it. I would say she she gives it weirdly some dignity, to be honest, because <laughs> I don't think it's funny. It's like uh, women are gross. Ha ha ha. But she goes so into it, like you say, that it, it's it's fine. It pulls it back. I'm weirdly, I'm the opposite. I, this is the this is one of the. That's not weird to me that you would say that. Uh, really? No, I think you think this is the funniest thing you've ever no, seen. No, I'm, uh, no, I'm I'm further away. I don't think this works for me. Okay. I think it's a bit much, and yeah. I, I think it's just. Whereas a lot of the other gross-out stuff sort of fits with the story. This is just there to go, ugh, yeah. she's got various veins yeah. and you had <laughs> sex with her. Yeah, yeah I, but I guess they're taking the graduate image, aren't they, of, of seeing him through the leg and mm. it's just a, a variation on that. I like the line, um, what is it about good sex that makes me want to crap? Nope. <laughs> you really jarred something loose, Tiger. That's funny. <laughs> I know. It was too much. It's so gross. I'm not great with scat. Um, <laughs> so the... M- this 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 movie nearly got an R rating for that scene. Uh, the MPAA were not happy. They had to go back and forth with it because um, oh no, it's the cow scene. Sorry, I was uh, just getting to you it. See, I told you. You know, Paul Simon uh, saw a cut of the movie with the sound of silence yeah. playing in that scene, and he personally went, "You can absolutely use my song." <laughs> he fucking loved it, which makes me happy that Paul Simon saw that and went, "Bloody funny." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you like when she does that thing with her tongue? <laughs> no, I don't. I do think because she's such a horror stalwart, it's funny that she's sort of playing a kind of horror character in yeah. this. Mm. Um, so there is a $1 million Reno tournament coming up. So Roy <laughs> heads into Amish country and he pretends to be Irish, I think. Yeah. yeah. For a bit. It doesn't last long, the accent. Uh, yeah. and He's so good. Woody Harrelson. Oh, this is when I realised just how good he is in this film when they're having the dinner scene and he's distracted by the dog trying to pull off his rubber hand mm. and uh, the old Amish guy goes, how many children do you have, Brother as kill? And he goes, he goes, none that I know of. And then he's like, well, what I meant to say was, well, I'm unable to have children. Nasty. And then you see him pause and go, and he's thinking of something Amish that he might have had an accident in that prevented him having children. Obviously, they don't use electricity. So he goes, that's the cheese grating accident. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely that he pauses while you see him sort of work out that he's in an Amish community and what might have damaged him. I missed that. Okay. And I think... I no, really... I'm glad you spotted him. Okay. I missed it. In terms of the bull milking scene, I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, the line... Um, that they had to take out was it took me a while to get her warmed up then pow all at once yeah I think that's the line they had to remove okay to stop it getting an R rating which is strange I think the MPAA is messed up it's really. back in the one that I saw I saw him say it took a while yeah. to get her going yeah so um, and then we have the barn raising which is a very specific spoof of a film from 12 years previous <laughs> isn't it I don't know if that's dated but it's quite funny but if you haven't seen Witness I'm not sure I you just assume I'm, that's all Amish people do all day, every day, is just build a new barn because that's all you ever see them do in films. I so. He chops off uh, Buttercup's hooves entirely, yeah, which isn't a great gag. But credit to the Farrellys, they because it's quite nasty the idea of cutting off a horse's actual feet. Yeah, but they do bother with a nasty gag like that to come back to a sequence later where you see a shorter a short Buttercup, horse. which is quite nice. <laughs> mm. it softens it. Round three holes and you stick your fingers in it. You keep Rebecca out of this. <laughs> Is that good? I mean, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This week, Clive Anderson is joined by comedian Stephen K. Amos on My Seven Wonders, the show where guests select their personal seven wonders of the world. Stephen discusses his fame down under, who inspires his comedy, and how he got on during lockdown. My dad, early 80s, came to stay with me for two weeks of the lockdown. I had no idea, after all these years, that he is a twat. I had no idea, Clive, that the heating in my house could be set to lava. And I said to him, why is the heating on so high? And without skipping a beat, he just said, I don't pay the bill here. Now, this <laughs> is it's the kind of thing I have to deal with. Listen to My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with the boys going on a mission uh, because this is the road movie portion of the film and um, Ishmael must not allow himself to be corrupted. Um, We've got a man with no morals and a man with all the morals, but he soon starts going off the rails. It starts with a cigarette. (laughs) That's funny. It's so, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then some coffee. Yeah. And then as the film progresses, it gets worse and worse. Um, Roy pretty quickly realises that Ishmael has been lying about his bowling score because the Amish do everything 15% more. (laughs) So his 270 was from 15 frames, not 10. And uh, this is when Roy learns that Munson now means having the world in the palm of your hands and blowing it. Don't you think that's great that he never... The reaction to that is always just a look on his face. He never actually sort of verbalises, like, where did that come from or anything? I think it's a really nice amount of restraint, um, considering the rest of this movie, on behalf of the Farrelly's there, to just have it be his face going, yep. ah. And if you like um, screenwriting, 10 minutes ago, um, Randy Quaid has refused the call, mm. but been, turned, been convinced to do it. And then five minutes ago, Woody Halson's refused the call. So we've got two in 10 minutes. Mm. <clears throat> uh, but they agree to go on the road together and we get a training montage of them bowling blind, bowling ball in balls. And there's a lot of montages in this film. Yeah. Can you have too many montages? Oh, I love a montage. Yeah, I love a montage no. as well, especially set to Scar Punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're doing the con themselves and they end up at Stan's big house for a big money game. And uh, that's where they meet Claudia, played by Vanessa Angel. And uh, we quickly get a nipple joke at the bar. Quite a few, so yeah. This doesn't work. I really think this is a really scrappy scene. When you consider how good the Farrelly's are, mm. she gets her nipples aroused. To distract Ishmael. Yes. Yeah. But he's impervious to having her nipples distract him. Yeah. But it falls flat because the Farrelly's, I think, want their Doesn't, cake and eat it. Don't don't fall flat. Sticks <laughs> up. They stick right up. Because she does that. And then for it to show that Ishmael isn't affected by it, he needs to make that strike very quickly after her nipples yeah. are aroused. But they want to do the Ishmael joke as well. So she does her bit. Then he goes and he gets his nipples, massive nipples, erect. <laughs> And by that point, you're distracted from the original idea of him being Bowling. impervious, yeah. at which point he then bowls and you're like, oh, right. And you sort of, it's trying to catch up with itself. Yeah. It's a bit scrappy. They think that boobs are funny. And so that's why they do it twice. And they're not that funny. They're just not. <laughs> they're not. I don't know. Isn't big, it because big, he's big got... tits on a man. But he's I not mean... got big breasts. He's got big nips. Yeah, they think the nipples are the funniest part of the boob. And that's why they do it twice. I don't know. Again, Woody Harrelson is their saviour here because yeah. he makes what would be like a quite a crass visual gag funny with, uh, yeah, I'll take a couple of jugs, m- mugs, a bottle. <laughs> 
Uh, they make their escape with Claudia and um, she wants to become a business partner. And so she stakes $500 on the guys. As I said, there's that fight in the bar, which is so similar to Dumb and Dumber. It's mm. instead of being Seabass, he's called Skidmark. I mean, they've not even tried to change the name <laughs> that much. Yeah, uh, And there is a lot of this that is similar to Dumb and Dumber, I think. They did mm. take uh, the basics of that storyline and, and sort of put this on top of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that the scene, you know who that is playing on stage, by the way? Jonathan Richman is the guy playing in that bar mm-hmm. diner they go to. That's the guy who's the leader of the band that narrates There's Something About Mary. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Great. Thanks. It's all right. Um, I did like the bit where they're in the car after the fight because Woody Harrelson punches Skidmark so mm-hmm. that they don't beat up poor old Ishmael. And he goes, well, what was I going to do? You know, they, were, they would have torn him apart, the bunch of animals. And Claudia goes, yeah, but you didn't have to have a beer with them afterwards. Funny. He really is repeating all the jokes, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Okay, cool. <laughs> I told you I was going to do it. As long as you're aware, I'm self-aware enough to know that I was going to do it. Uh, Ro- yeah, you, that's always your excuse for everything. <laughs> all right, I'll stop now. No, no, don't. Because sometimes it gets a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's, it's literally 50 50. And it's you know why? It's not your laugh, yeah. that's the thing. It's not my laugh, but it is very much like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes these yeah. jokes get a laugh. Yeah. Uh, Roy and Ish try to run out on Claudia, but she's one step ahead of them. Then we get this fight in the parking lot, which goes on too long. No, nope, hilarious. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen it's in brilliant. my life. I it's just think so I would stupid. have been happy just seeing her beat the shit out of him. I didn't need to see him getting a few punches in on her. Well, it doesn't make any sense, No, it's does funny it? when he throws her onto the bonnet of the car. It's just because it goes into the realms of ridiculous. Yeah, but also because her evil boyfriend is supposed to have hit her exactly. and then she's in the car and she's like, I won't stand for that. And you're like, well, fair enough, Claudia, whatever. But then um, Roy Munson punches her. So is he bad now in the he logic of the film? He doesn't want to, though, but she goes for him right, first. Right, so. so then are you in territory of, well, did you have a, a, was it a violent relationship with your evil boyfriend on both sides? And then you're adding complexity to this film, which it doesn't call for. You're and... in the territory of about 20 minutes ago, we had a bull semen joke. Yeah, it's I a Farrelly know. Brothers movie. I really wouldn't but think I, too but much I think about they it. Did that, I think they did that joke much better in Dumb and Dumber when they're having the play fight in the snow and it's all yeah. lovely. And then one of her snowballs gently hits him in the face and he just loses his shit <laughs> and he throws it. And then you realise he's a foot away from her. <laughs> that's it. That's your joke. Been and gone. Yeah. Anyway, that's not even the funniest thing in that fight scene. The funniest thing is where Woody Harrelson's trying to get Ishmael into the car without a in Claudia mm. and he's like yeah military train derail this whole area is in danger of being contaminated by a huge cloud of and then he sees Claudia in the car and goes shit <laughs> and Ishmael goes a huge cloud of shit um, and so, yeah it does keep going All right. <laughs> while they're fighting Ishmael disappears and that's our all is lost moment uh, Roy heads home <laughs> I hope he doesn't get Munson <laughs> We're trying to give the film some heart here. His family business is gone. His dad has died 10 years previous. And so him and Claudia decide to team up. They search for Ishmael and they find him stripping in a scene that isn't that funny. Yeah. Although Alex is probably going to do a line nope. from it. I nope. agree. That scene's not that funny. Uh, they all re-team. We get a driving montage and then we're into Reno and the home stretch. What do you think about New Beginnings? What, the feminine hygiene spray? It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> what does that mean... If you had a, a a fanny spray, you'd start again? What does it mean? Works for me. It doesn't work. What do you think about <laughs> fresh down there? What do you think about... But that doesn't work for her line. No, but who thinks that a spray is called new... I do. You don't. I, I immediately went, that sounds like a feminine hygiene spray. I don't think you did. <laughs> what is a feminine hygiene that spray? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> think they're, they're you should. They're you really should. <laughs> Chris What's a way to tell me? Chris and I had a meeting at the end of last year. Is it the aircon in here? She needs some new beginnings. Yeah. It just, yeah. I'm, it really I'm, works. Look, I'm aware of it. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. So uh, in Reno, Roy is reunited with Big Earn, who used to date Claudia. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Uh, Ishmael breaks his hand trying to punch Big Earn. It's a small world when you've got fantastic tits. <laughs> Is that what they say? That's what mm. Big Earn says to Claudia. Oh, really? I missed that. Mm. Uh, Stan reappears and Claudia leaves with him and the money they've saved. Which is supposed to be like, she hasn't really. Oh, she fucking she has. has. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Because I hadn't seen this for 20 years. Yeah. I thought, oh, she's pulling It's the all horse. a trick. No, yeah. no, no, she's no, just she's fucked off. What a slag. Um, <laughs> Stop being such a whore. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Elliott uh, makes an indecent proposal. Still works. That joke still works. He offers uh, $1 million to sleep with Ishmael. 
Uh, cut to um, cut to Roy celebrating with the money while Ishmael slumped over the bed with a bottle in his hand. <laughs> um, I'd forgotten this was a dream. I actually thought in my head when this starts, up, I thought, oh, I can't believe they actually did this. Yeah. But but it's good because it's um, Woody was in Indecent Proposal, so it works on many levels. There's some pre like I'd say there's this final tournament it becomes quite dramatic like they do put the jokes to one side for a moment like the bit where Woody um, Roy is throwing up in the toilet and yeah. Ishmael's like you drunk and he's like I don't throw up when I drink I throw up when I don't and you're like oof mm. that's quite a fucking raw line yeah mm. we also uh, just before the final game starts we, we see the Ernie advert uh, him <laughs> sponsoring fatherless families with hot mums. It is. Um, some, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, Mr. Kraken, Mr. McCracken's already there. You see, you should do it more. It's so much fun. It's because this got said a lot when I was at uni as well. That line, that line, and the way he says this, uh, I discovered if you give a little, you get back a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. Um, and, <laughs> and so we are into the uh, bowling montage. Uh, the Cinderella story starts here, yeah. of course. Hey, uh, Bill Murray line from Caddyshack. Lovely. Um, and uh, they both start winning. They're on a collision course to both make it to the final. Um, Ern is dressed like a cowboy for the climactic match. <laughs> he pulls out a ball with the rose in it. He's milking every second of it. His his I called it Trumpian hair. Uh, gets crazier and crazier. And uh, Peter Farrelly said, when Bill showed up on the set, he said, hey, I have an idea. I thought the guy would start with a big afro and then he's bald when we see him 17 years later. And we said, well, actually, Bill, we already did that for Woody. He's got long blonde hair and later on he's going bald. And Bill goes, yeah, so it'll be both of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, but they like said, when we saw him and he came in, you know, we were like, how could we not, how could we not let him do that? Um, so he's going all out to wind Roy up. Um, um, and uh, Roy does start making mistakes. Roy ends up with a seven ten split. Alex, mm. that's not good. I know it's not good. I've I've got that. Yep. on the Wii uh, in real life. Virtually impossible to convert. Not on the Wii. <laughs> uh, but Roy nails it. Now Ernie needs three strikes. He hits the first. He hits the second, and he hits the third. Apparently, Bill Murray genuinely got that turkey. Yeah, Isn't it weird though that in a, a sports movie? It's not your hero bowling to win. It's the antagonist bowling to win. I was surprised. It's strange, isn't I'd it? forgotten this ending. Yeah. I'm waiting for and it. And also because to... when he needs to do the 7-10 split and Ish has gone, but it doesn't make any difference well, because then it's not like he's got, oh, he's got to do the 7-10 split and his buddy is fucked off. It's like he's done now. He's just going to sit down. It's so strange mm. to do it like that. I have an explanation for it. But just before then, um, we've got the turkey. The place goes nuts. Bill Murray's riding around the floor. He takes Roy's hand and throws it in the crowd. <laughs> and then Peter Farrelly said, at the very end, after Big Earn wins, there was no dialogue. He just wins and he's supposed to celebrate. But we kept the camera on him. On the day, Bill starts saying, I can't believe it. I'm above the law. Big Earn can do anything and we'll get away with it. That shit was like gold and it was all unscripted. Um, so, so <laughs> Big Earn is above the law. <laughs> <laughs> so Roy's been munsoned again I, I, I wasn't expecting it so he goes back home he's drinking Claudia appears at his door with the money he's not drinking he's pouring the booze away yeah. he's pouring the booze away sorry he's drinking something Cleaned else um, so um, she's got the money um, she apparently went with Stan to protect them Can't, it's a bit Bullshit. confusing it's a bit all over the place both sides, clearly. Um, and then they bet the money she or he bet the money on Big Earn so they doubled their money but I'm, I'm ready to start betting on you Roy um, and we find out that he's rubber man now getting 500,000 to advertise Trojan condoms just the amount they need to save the Amish farm perfect so this is what changed from that original script Peter Farrelly said uh, the ending was one of the big changes we didn't like the original ending Woody loses the big tournament but goes to the casino and puts a quarter in and wins a million bucks which just seemed like you might as well have a UFO come down and drop off some cash it was too easy we knew the audience was thinking he's going to wing the big thing and we didn't want that to happen we wanted him to lose it wasn't about the victory in a bowling tournament it was a bigger thing so then we added all the things where he gets endorsed by Trojan just so he'll be able to help out with Ishmael's family 
And as Bobby puts it, we saw it more as a redemption story where Roy Monson didn't have to win the bowling tournament. So we tweaked it. It was more about Roy winning back his own self-esteem. That was the victory he got. Yeah, that makes sense. It's in there. It's good. I had to look at what Vassar College was. You know, when he goes, I've also got to do an orientation talk at Vassar College. You know what Vassar College is? Vassar is a Ivy League university, isn't it? It was an all-female college yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. And I've heard it before in movies and I've never bothered to look it up. Like I a thought, Vassar girl. Right. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it's been the butt of jokes because it's By an old female men. <laughs> for a very, very long time. I'll read you this article. Vassa has become a thing to poke fun at. The girls are ridiculed, exaggerated, falsified, and the very name of Vassa is synonymous for feminine foolishness. The consequence is that girls are beginning to dislike to go there. And that is from 1885. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. I know. I couldn't why, believe why it. Why did you read that, out, Alex? Because I couldn't believe I found an article from 1885 <laughs> on the internet about Vassar College being the butt of jokes. Um, Ishmael's victory, as well, is that he's helped Roy to give up the late nights and the lying and the gambling, and he even got Claudia to quit being so much of a whore. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny. It's not. It is. Um, it's not. So they bye whore. <laughs> not funny. just making old people swear. It's not that well. No, that that can be funny, but oh, I don't think it's that. I think it's the it's set up like you know it's just going to be nice, nice. Oh, it's not nice. Yeah, they say their farewells. Claudia gives Ray the watch from his dad. I feel like there's more innings in the Return of the King here. We get a lot of climaxes. Yeah, um, too many. Uh, Blues traveller starts singing, and <clears> then <throat> did you see the post credit scene? I. It's just someone no, playing I, in the band, isn't it? Yeah. No. The, post, the post-credit scene. I watched the whole fucking thing because I felt like there should be a post-credit scene with Big Earn. No, it's an outtake, actually. it's They obviously said to oh, Lynn Shea, yeah, no. how long can you do the licky thing with your tongue? And she does it for quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Up. I saw that. That is the post-credit scene. So... Bobby Farrelly quoted here, Kingpin opened the very week of the Summer Olympics in Atlanta and there was the bomb that went off. All sorts of things happened that kept people out of the movie theatre. Also, the studio refused to do adverts during the Olympics for the film. They said, that's not your crowd. I said, what? The world is not our crowd? They said, no, you're going to do, do it on bowling and that's that. Um, so they offered to give them adverts on bowling because they said bowling is the most popular sport on television, uh, to which Peter Harry said, that's a bunch of bullshit, <laughs> which I think is true. Um, but uh, the film became a hit on video, having failed in the cinema. And a big wig at Fox Studios called them to say he thought the film was hysterical. He said, I want to let you know if you made that movie at Fox, that would have been a smash hit. I want you to make your next film here for us. Have you got anything? And we just happened to be circling. There's something about Mary. We said, well, that's what we're looking at right now. And he looked at it and said, let's do it. He saved us because honestly, we were afraid we might be done. So the only other thing I've got here is the sequel talk. Mm. So in 2016, uh, Bobby Farrelly said uh, the idea would be later on in life. We thought that Kingpin would be fun to revisit. We never really gave it much serious thought, but we thought about Ernie McCracken. I'd love to see what Ernie McCracken is doing nowadays. It's going to be something interesting. He's just that guy. You could do, I mean, you could do just a story on him. Just follow him on a different adventure. By now, he'd probably be in politics. And then in June 2021, they announced it's happening. So we don't know in what context whether it will be an Ernie McCracken film, but the Farrellys are making a sequel. Both of them. I don't, are they directing? But they, I don't think they're directing. Did I? Read no, they're it? making it. I don't right. know if they're, they're producing. It might be someone else directing. I can't imagine Peter Farrelly's going to be directing that after winning Best Picture. No, he's doing a comedy now, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's back to doing a comedy. Okay. So that's it. Um, any more? No. Shall we do the conundrums then? <laughs> oh, really? Is that a thing? Was that last week that as well? Last week, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, that was, that's yeah. new this week. All right, sure. Let's do the conundrums. Victoria, what was your favourite scene? I mean, you both agreed that it was the um, the funniest scene in the film, but it's where um, Ishmael is stripping in a club. <laughs> Look at your face. I don't. I thought it was brilliant. Honestly, I don't. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Because I, I wasn't expecting it. I wanted this film to be more about watching an Amish man who's on like Rumspringer or whatever, like lose his way, which I don't think it is enough. Mm. Um, and then it just came out of nowhere. He looks amazing as a dancer. I like it. Walked me up a bit. I liked it. I agree that they don't uh, plough that enough. The um, Amish man 
yeah. sort of in the world. It's sort of, which is why I think very right back at the start, I was like, I'm not massively into Randy Quaid in this role, and it's not his fault. It's because he's not really given much to do. Uh, Alex, uh, it's the diner scene where Big Earn and Roy um, have a conversation at the start because it's just so brilliantly done. Earn trying to con Roy with his silver tongue into taking these hustles before realising that Roy is just too stupid and the, simultaneously Roy eating the, the food. And that line that you mentioned where he actually says, uh, why don't you go and eat that outside and then come back in? <laughs> Brilliant. It's that scene. Mine is uh, when you give a little, you get back a whole lot more. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, who's your MVW? Most valuable whatever, sorry. It has to be Bill Murray. Like, it is Bill Murray. Um, I, we covered him at the start. Like, the lines that he delivers, anyone else delivering would be awful. The fact that he creates an actual three-dimensional character from Big Earn, which by Farrelly's own admission mm. on the page wasn't that, is tremendous, to the point that despite how abominable a person he is, when he wins the match at the end, <laughs> you almost go, I'm sort of glad he did. Yeah, he deserves to be because above the law. <laughs> but it is that thing it sort of go you sort of go he's got nothing it would destroy him if he didn't win this match so i'm actually sort of i have a little bit of empathy for like him being you know the victor so it's bill murray for a billion reasons and more yeah i mean i'm i'm the same i think it's his funniest performance actually even though he's not in the film a lot i think this is his funniest and as you said i didn't realize quite how much he'd written himself so for those reasons i'm going for bill Vicky. I would I would have done, but I don't think he's in it enough, but that's probably a good thing because it would tip the balance too far his way. And then Harrelson. Yeah, so Woody Harrelson, because he seems like a real person. So this, you know, getting Munson thing seems like a real thing. And with without any disrespect, seeming like a real person in this film is quite an achievement, I think. And when he's bowling in the final and Ernie tricks him and puts the, the fake proposal on the screen from Claudia that says, I made a mistake, let's get married. Mm. Woody Harrelson's face... That's like that was incredible. Like you really felt that, which is mad in a film like this. So Woody Harrelson, because of that hangdog thing he's got, like, and it's interesting where this film appears on his trajectory. Because at the time we're still thinking maybe he's just this comedy guy, this dopey comedy guy. And so you're you're right. You're seeing glimpses of what he's going to become because his career is unbelievable. When you when you think of all the great performances he's given, and he started out as that bloke on Cheers. Yeah, he's just he's one of the most brilliant actors I think in Hollywood. Yeah. I agree. And I do think this movie is helped a huge amount by him, which is why I said it, which is why I'm glad you picked him, because I think in lesser hands and if it was played less dramatically and more for laughs, if it was a, just a straight up comedian in that role, then you'd be like, this is just a, such a superficial bit of fluff movie. But he does, especially in that final third, add some real dramatic heft to this film. Yeah. Uh, Vicky, would you change anything? I would change just one thing. Uh, this is it's a script geek thing, so you know, don't be scared. The act two low point is not very good. So a fight in a car park, and then Ish's low point, which is like you two are fighting over me, so I'm going to leave. That's bullshit. So what it should be is when Roy initially recruited Ish to win the money, he should have lied about the amount of money because he thinks an Amish person doesn't need money. Then over the course of Act Two, they grow closer and Ish starts to teach Roy a few things about value and real meaning and blah de blah de blah Then Ish finds out the real amount of money and he needs it for his family. And then that's why he takes off because he's been lied to the whole time. Then they reconnect, whatever, whatever. So that's all sitting in front of you. Mm. That's what should happen. Alex? Uh... As I said earlier, not a fan of the Lin Shay sex sequence. Um, it's a bit, bit grim, bit grubby, bit grubby for my taste. So I'd probably just excise that. Other than that, it's a perfect film. By the way, because it would be funnier if he just enjoyed it despite himself. Like he's literally throwing up. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Mm. So he could be like, you can, you can still have the girl sat moment. He can still be like, oh, isn't aren't Varicose Vein terrific or whatever? But if he secretly quite liked it, they're fine. It just, it feels, it feels out of place with the rest of the movie, which sounds weird when you've got him drinking bull semen 10 minutes later, but it just does. It Like, it doesn't fly like the rest of it flies. You've changed. I know. And I wouldn't want to lose Lin Shay's performance. Okay. Um, my change. Well, that advert is by far the funniest moment in the film. Ernie's the best character. 
but he's at the start and at the end. I think you should have adverts popping up all through throughout the movie, wherever Roy is, Ernie's on the telly in the background, and he could be helping out homeless teenage girls or sponsoring <laughs> female athletes this is good. or female dancers. <laughs> so it could be a running joke, but it's also sort of haunting Roy. It's always there in the background. And it'll make you feel like he's in the film the whole way through, even if he isn't. <clears throat> Love that. That's brilliant. Great change. Great change. <laughs> Love more. <laughs> right, are we done then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you didn't do a quiz last week. No, we did not do one in not. your absence. Okay. So I get the point automatically just for showing up, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't want to dredge up the whole Twitter <laughs> storm that was created towards the end of last year. Oh, really? Year, but, uh, <laughs> there were a lot of raised eyebrows. Um, about the <laughs> On really Twitter? Was, there really was Oh, there were. There really was Some people were up in arms. <laughs> I want my trophy back. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm I, not talking to you. I mean, I, I, someone actually went through every single show and wrote down how many I won versus how many you, you won. Have you written it down? That? Have you written it down? No, because I don't want to... I said I didn't want to dredge this up. I'm just reminding What's you... What are you doing now? <laughs> I'm reminding you that the quiz this year... Reminding is should be taken seriously. The quiz, you remember, that was your idea, Chris, originally. Did you think it would... This is where we'd end up. I, no, I've been genuinely surprised at Alex. About what he knows. Uh, yeah, no, me no. There you go. That's good. More, more about his um, behaviour. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it is supposed to be just a bit of fun, and he right. turned he turned quite was, weird in December. Was a bit of fun. <laughs> was a bit of fun until you basically made up new rules at the end. At the end of the year, new rules, <laughs> brand new rules. Like, oh yeah, it's going to be based on who wins the most quizzes. Oh, it isn't anymore. It's something different. What's this? What's that? I got given movie challenge quiz box. Oh, okay. At Christmas. Really? That's what it's called, movie challenge <laughs> quiz box. <laughs> It feels like you Sorry, don't know what do it's called. Do you work called. in marketing, Alex? Uh, just let the experts do what they do. I got given movie challenge quiz box for Christmas. Do you want one too? Of course you do. So, so you're not writing your own bloody questions. Well, you? it's a lot of work. Let's see. Let's see if this goes anywhere. Um, there's also some of the questions are <laughs> charades. <laughs> and I'm so wondering podcast, how that'll work no, on a podcast. I think really well. So I've got that. If it goes to a tiebreaker, we will be playing a game of charades. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, but let's do the trivia. You ready? We we don't want listeners. <laughs> Who played Edna Turnblad, the mother of Ta- Tracy Turnblad, in the 2007 musical movie Hairspray? John Travolta. No. Is it? No. Yes, it is. Oh, you yeah. can keep saying no. no. I, was thinking, I was thinking of Michael Balls. <laughs> it's, it's not John Travolta. No, it's... it was, No, it was Michael Balls' big Hollywood break. Yep. Bless him. Um, <laughs> actually, I really like Michael Ball. That was really unfair. Um, what, saying that he didn't get his big break in Hairspray was unfair? Yeah. It's just a fact. But he was in Hairspray. He was. He was not in that one. Not in that movie, and it yeah. wasn't his. But these are just facts. <laughs> I don't think Michael Ball's going. How fucking dare you, Christopher? Actually, bonus bonus point. Do you know who played that character in the John Waters original? No. No. Divine. Oh. Big divine fat. Right. Tallulah, Fat Sam, and Blouse. Boxy Brown. Boxy Fuck off. <laughs> point to Alex. A point to Alex. Come on, Vicky, I want to do this charade. <laughs> um, which charade or charade? Charade. I wasn't sure. I've said it both ways. I think it's charade. Yeah. Uh, which actor sang Singing in the Rain? In Gene the... Kelly. Correct. I, what, what can I do? I know that. <laughs> well, you have to say it then. Say it. That's what you can do. You <laughs> say it out loud. You've don't not just, understood the quiz. Don't just think Gene Kelly. <laughs> Oh, tough one. In the Hunger Games movie, which district is Katniss Everdeen? 12. Vicky got it! (laughs) I don't think I would have known that one. Um, Who played the Bond girl in Die Another Day? I should say Madonna. I should say the one in the orange bikini. Uh, Ursula Andres. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Ursula Andres. Ursula Andres. No, she wasn't Halle the Berry. Other day. No, Halle um, Berry. It's Halle Berry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although she Ursula could... Andres was a bit before. She, she could have been though. There's nothing wrong with that. She wanted to be. Uh, and finally, name Hugh Grant's character in Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh fuck! Uh, He's Jack. No. Oh, he's evil. <laughs> Char? Is it Charlie? Uh, Hugh, I think he's called he, Hugh. No, he. You're gonna kick yourself. I know. I don't think I would have known this. 
David. Mark. Mark. It's Mark something. His initials are DC. D- David Charlie. <laughs> David Coulthard. Daniel Cleaver. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's no. All right. Well, the charades will just have to wait for another week because oh, Alex has won that 4-1. And uh, we'd love to say a, a big thank you right now to uh, the makers of Movie Challenge <laughs> Quiz Box for <laughs> those questions. Uh, you can find them online. Just Google Movie Challenge Quiz Box. <laughs> Excellent work. All right. Next week, Clash Bullets in Control continues another listener pairing. Chris, I believe you have the clue. Mm. Bowl it, mushy bowl it. <laughs> no, I am doing. I am doing. Bowl it, mush bowl it. That should be the clue. Um, Thank you. That's, you did it really well. That's what it sounded like when Mark did it. It makes Mark sound like a psychopath. <laughs> is what it makes. He walks around the flat, murmuring to himself, "Bowl it, mushy bowl it." I know you make it sound just like grubby and dirty. Something else. He, really? Because I'm not the one who said I've, I went down a Golden Girls hole this week. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> we all know. Um, <laughs> doesn't need to be said <laughs> so uh, <laughs> anyway sorry clue clue uh, musical clues this week I'm giving you musical clues uh, I'll be singing in the pub in a bit on video which will go on Twitter but the clue here right now is Gangsters from Paradise oh Gangsters from Paradise is your clue <laughs> alright lovely stuff that's your first clue for next week's pairing as Clash Brothers in Control continues in the meantime please subscribe rate and indeed review us if you have the time it's a great help and please check in with us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashBrod back on Thursday talking to Big Lebowski bye bye this was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network 